just real quickly and turn with me to Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16. And uh, I want to share with you just a couple of things uh, this evening and uh, uh, kind of a reminder uh, before we go into Easter. Uh, there, you know, the Bible says in, in, in the book of Timothy, uh, God, God wrote down through the pen of the Apostle Paul to uh, his disciple Timothy and said, I'm writing these things that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. Now, how many of y'all know there is a right way to behave thyself in the house of God? And, uh, and I want to, maybe this is uh, worship 101, whatever you want to say, uh, but I know this, I know one of the greatest opportunities we have as a church, the greatest opportunity we have as the body of Christ in this place one time a year is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, we have the most... Uh, lost people, I would say, in a building at one time. And you know what? When you got that good a shot, you need to take the best shot you can. Amen? Uh, we want to do everything we can to share the gospel in our mission field. This is our mission field, and this is where we are to do our part. Now, what we do in this building when we are here, uh, listen, it critically, it critically affects what we do for sinners in this house. Somebody say amen. amen. And I want to I share with you just a few things uh, here tonight. Mark chapter number 16 and verse number 1. Would you stand to your feet real quickly and we'll read uh, just a couple verses and then you can be seated. It says, And when the Sabbath was passed, are you there? Say amen. amen. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome and had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man, and by the way, that stone wasn't rolled away so he could get out, it's so we could get in. Amen. Hallelujah. He wanted us to see that he was no longer there. Amen. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is he is not here. Behold, uh, just, just, just take a look for yourself. Just look over there and check it out for yourself. He is not here. But go, it says, but go your way. Tell his disciples and, and Peter. that he goeth for before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him as he said unto you. Dear Heavenly Father, help us now tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Lessons. Lessons. Learning a lesson. How many of y'all have learned a lesson in your lifetime? How many of y'all have learned a lesson the hard way in your lifetime? Uh, how many of y'all just soon not learn that kind of lesson again? Amen. But do you know sometimes those hard lessons that we learn are the ones we always remember? Those that are the most painful last the longest I have found in my life. But let, I, I want to just, I want to I uh, 
kind of kind of move quickly through the first few lessons and then uh, hunker down a little bit in the last lesson because that's what we really need to do this coming uh, Sunday for Easter. And I, and I want to share with that because some of this is a rehearsal. Uh, some of this you have heard before. But I want to I want to talk about something brand new on the inside of this message, all right? Uh, four lessons, four places, four areas that, that we show and we see in the gospel messages. Uh, four places that Jesus was uh, toward the end of his life, the very last week, the last few days, uh, the last hours of his ministry, uh, we see that these places are very important and teach us great lessons that we can learn. Uh, do you realize that, that when people are on their deathbed, when people are in their last hours of living, they only talk about what's really important? I've been at people's deathbeds many times. I've been at the hospital room. I've been there, listen, after hospice has already been called in. I've been there holding their hand. I've been there uh, comforting the family the best I could. And I tell you, I've never heard anyone say, I wonder how the stock market's doing. I've never heard any of them say, well, I wonder if the fish are biting. No, everything they say, everything they talk about is what's critically important and vitally important. And listen, in the very last hours, in the very last places you find the Lord Jesus Christ, He is focusing on the very most important things that He wants the disciples to know. The first place we find Him is in the upper room, the guest room there. He is here in the guest room and He said, I have greatly desired to eat this supper with thee. It was hours before he would be taken out and leave this world. And he is here eating a supper that we have, we have come to know as the last supper that Jesus ate with his disciples. You say, what kind of lesson can we learn from that? We learn a great lesson in service. Say that with me. We learn a great lesson in service. What do you see? Jesus comes in. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Master. Listen, He is the Lord. He is the King. And the Bible says this in John 13. You just look up at me. I'll give it to you and you can turn later. John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. What is that saying? Jesus knew who he was. He knew his authority. He knew his power. He knew, listen, that he was everything. He was master of all things, yet he did something. Even when he knew who he was, the Bible said, He riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Preacher, what are you saying? Jesus is teaching us a great lesson in service. I, 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 I love to use uh, the point of humility here. I love to use the point of humbleness and humility because he was the king, yet he became the servant. He was the master, yet he became the slave. He took off his robe of deity, put on humanity, and the Bible says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Are y'all with me? But that's not what God wanted me to put. It was not that it was a place of humility and humbleness, even though it was. 
He said, I have greatly desired to eat this meal with you. Jesus knew what he would do. They were fussing and fighting and carrying on about who was the greatest. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to sit on your right hand? Who is this? Who is that? That had to be Baptist. Amen. And Jesus, hearing all that, got down and began to wash their feet. And you know what God said to me? It, it was humility. It was a lesson in humility. But it was a lesson in honor. It was a privilege to do what he was doing. Some of us get so caught up in what we're doing, we forget about what kind of privilege it is to get to do what we get to do. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing anything, and I'm not chewing nobody out. I promise you this. I, I, I am not because I, I feel the weariness. I promise you this. I feel the weariness. Uh, yesterday morning when I knew we had uh, 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 life development and, and, and we had to get up early, how many of y'all know when it's storming outside, you don't want to get out of bed? I mean, it's dark, it's dark, it's stormy, and there's something about that's just conducive to sleep when it's dark and stormy and rainy. Your body says, uh-uh, don't, don't move, don't move. Call in sick, you're the pastor, somebody will understand. I didn't want to get up, I didn't want to move. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, and I was so tired, and man, I know what that feels like. Lord, I don't feel like standing for three more hours and three and a half. Listen, I, Lord, help me. And I know the weariness, but God is saying this is not a duty. This is a privilege. How many people in prison today would love to be able to have that privilege? How many people in Skid Row, how many people, listen, are trying to get crack and heroin and, and methamphetamines out of their system would love to have the privilege to stand and talk about a God who can do anything. Yeah. They would love to have the privilege that we have to come and serve and be a blessing to others. God got down and washed their feet. Listen, it was a lesson in honor. It was an honor. But then it was a lesson in happiness. Happiness. He said, put those other verses, if you will. Uh, 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 did, did you have the one on, uh, mm-hmm. let me see. Y'all, y'all bear with me. John 13, 12. John 13, 12. So after he had washed their feet, had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, know you what I've done to you? You call me master and Lord and say well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is greater sent greater than he that sent them. Now watch this. If ye know these things, if ye know these things, what does it say? Happy are ye if you do them. Does that mean you're not going to get tired? No, I don't, I don't believe that's what that means. I know you're going to get tired. And by the way, God knows you're going to get tired. That's why he said, be not weary in well-doing. God knows we're going to get tired, but he knows this. Happiness is going to come through service. It's not about being served. It's about serving others. I know we have this mentality, and we do. We do. Everybody does. It's, It's permeated in this world. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Do for me, do for me. It's receive, it's receive, it's receive. But you know what God is saying? It's not. It's about what I can do for somebody else. And I understand that. I understand. Listen, all you workers, nursery workers, junior church workers, teachers, ministry. And you know, and and, and my heart goes out. My heart goes out to junior church. My heart goes out to uh, 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 the nursery workers. 
Uh, we have a, we're having a great day planned this coming Sunday morning. And, and nobody wants to miss that. Nobody wants to miss that. And I understand that. Uh, we're going to try our best. We're going to do everything uh, Sunday morning. We're going to do everything we do Sunday morning. And we're going to do it again Sunday night. We're going to have the Lord's Supper that afternoon, that evening, and, and have a special time of communion there. And then that evening, we're going to come back and do everything exactly the same. So everybody that has to miss that morning, you'll be able to receive it that night. And we're going to do everything we can to encourage you. But let me say this. Be careful. Be not weary in well-doing. I know it gets difficult. I know it gets hard. But I promise you this. It will be worth it someday. Someday. Listen, in the, in the guest room, God teaches us a great lesson in service. The second place he takes them, they come out of the guest room. And they move from the guest room, they move to the garden. The Bible calls it the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means olive press. Olive press. It was a place they would take the olives and they would put them in a great press, a great stone that they would roll and squeeze and, and add pressure to these olives to bring the oil out of those olives and to bring the juice out of those olives that they were looking for. It was in this place that Jesus began to pray. It was in this place that Jesus began to pray and say, Oh, Father, Abba, Father, I know all things are possible with thee. I know there's nothing that you cannot do. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. Preacher, what lesson do we learn in the garden? We learn a lesson in submission. We learn a lesson in submission. In that lesson, listen, you got to know this. Sometimes God calls you to do things you don't want to do. Let me say that again. Sometimes God will call you to do things you don't want to do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I remember the first time that, that it was in my heart, it was in my mind that God wanted me to preach. I thought there's no way in this world that lines have crossed somewhere. There has been a miscommunication. I do not want to do that. There's no way. I grew up a pastor's son. I've seen the aggravation. I've seen the pain. I've seen the treatment. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. There's no way in this world that I'm going to do that, Lord. There ain't no way. And God said, oh, yeah, you are too. And God is sitting there. Jesus is in the garden. Jesus knows what he is fixing to partake of. Jesus knows the cup of sin that he is fixing to take up. Listen, he became sin who knew no sin. Every rape and every murder and every, every sin that was ever committed, every atrocity was placed upon him. And he took that to be, listen, sin for us and pay for our sin. But he said, Lord, Lord, I know you can do anything. And that, what does that teach us? This. When God is calling you to do something and you are at that point of decision, do I, don't I? He says this, Lord, I know all things are possible with thee. If God is telling you to do this, he's got a good reason for it. If God is telling you to do this, for instance, let's just use the illustration for me to preach. I didn't think I could. I didn't think I would. I thought there's no way in this world. I'm so shy. I don't want to get in front of nobody. No, Lord, I don't even like people. I have since changed my behavior. Say amen. I said, Lord, there's no way. But you know what God was saying? I know you can't, but I can. And when God is calling you to something, when God is leading you to something, there's one thing you need to know. All things are possible with him. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Listen, we learn a lesson in submission. He says, not my will, but thine be done. 
then we leave from the garden. The garden, we know Judas comes. Judas comes and, 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 and kisses him the kiss of betrayal. The, the, listen, the soldiers come. Jesus says, art thou come as a thief? I was with you daily in the temple. Are you coming out to me as a thief? And they came and they took him into interrogation. They came and the Bible says that they scourged him. They hit him with a cat of nine tails. They ripped out, listen, they ripped out skin and meat and bone from his back. They took that, the, excuse me, the bone in the, in, the, in the whip would wrap around his body and pull the skin to the point that you could see inside. The Bible said his visage was so marred you could not even tell that he was a man. Amen. He was led as a, sl- a lamb to the slaughter. He was crucified on a hill called Golgotha. We go from the guest room to the garden, and now we're here at Golgotha. You say, what kind of lesson can we learn from Golgotha? We learn a lesson in suffering. Suffering. You know what? I've heard, I've heard preachers say, if you, if you are right with God, you won't suffer. And I, I have to say this. If you are right with God, then you will suffer. Listen, the Bible says this. 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that when we being dead to sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. What are you saying? What is your reaction to your suffering? What is, what is for instance, for instance, how many of y'all believe, how many of y'all believe Jesus was innocent? Say amen. Completely, totally, 100%, 1 million percent innocent. Yet he was suffering. Yet he was suffering the consequences of wicked, evil people. And this is what happens. They nail him to a cross. They hang him in that, in that state, in that, that, that horrible, horrible state. He's hanging there in agony and pain. And this is what he says. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wagging their heads, making fun of him, saying, oh, if you're, if you're who you say you are, just come on down off of there. Yet he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What's that got to do with me? How did you react the last time somebody lashed out at you? Whether it was your spouse, whether it was your family member, whether it was the person in the highway, What do we want to do? We want to retaliate. Jesus did not retaliate. He is teaching us. See, he even on the cross, he is teaching us a wonderful lesson in suffering. When you suffer, you leave the reaction to God. Preacher, I love, I grew up a pastor's son my whole life. Uh, And I 
went to Christian school and they made you, uh, whether you wanted to or not, read biographies of great Christians and, 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 and biography after biography after biography I've read of missionaries. Missionaries who did not really have great responses to their preaching, but they had great responses to their suffering. Their preaching really didn't do anything. Their preaching really didn't, uh, listen, get anybody. But when they watched them suffer and they did not retaliate, they would come against them and strike them and cause them pain and suffering. And yet the missionary turned around and reacted in the way that Christ would. And they forgave their attackers. That did more for them than any preaching ever could. Preacher, what are you saying? At Galgotha, we learn a wonderful lesson in suffering. How are we reacting? How are you reacting to what we're going through? I'm telling you, you cannot control some things that happen to you. Say that with me. You cannot control some things that happen to you. But you can control your reaction to that action. Listen, in, the, in Galgotha we learn a great lesson in suffering great lesson in suffering listen in the garden or excuse me in the guest room what did we learn a, a lesson in service. service then we move from the guest room into the garden and in the garden we learn a lesson in submission, submission. at Golgotha we learn a lesson in suffering. how many of y'all know weeping may endure for a night but joy cometh in the morning the grave, you know, it's a, I still sit in amazement of what God's called who to do what. I would go to funeral homes with my dad. I, I, remember, I remember one time I went to a funeral home with him, and, and he, had to, he had to speak to the funeral director, and we walked in and walked in a little room. I didn't know what the room was for, one of them small rooms, little room. Had a, had, a, had a casket in that room. I, I, I wasn't sure. I was little. I was with Dad and I was just with him. We walk in there. I seen it. Okay. All right. And we're, we're there with Dad and Dad's talking. All of a sudden, he, he lifts up and there was somebody there. I like to pass out right there on the floor. Like there was going to be something else in there, you know? I didn't like Matter of fact, matter of fact, by the way, I still don't like him. I don't like graveyards. I don't like funeral homes. I don't like hospitals. I, I just don't like it. I do it because I have to. I need a witness. I know y'all more spiritual than me, and that, and you don't. It, but I, I just don't like. I don't like sickness at all. I don't. Do, I don't like none of it. And I was sitting there, and I seen that, and, and you know, and, I, and that's not a really place I like to hang out. But I guarantee you this: there was one place I'd have loved to be in one early, early, early morning one day. I would have loved to have been in the company of that group that came to that grave. And when that stone was rolled away and they walked in there and they saw that young man say, hey, he ain't here. He has risen. See where he has laid. What lesson do we learn? We learn a wonderful lesson in shouting. Say amen. We learned a lesson in shouting. What do I want you to do this Easter? I want you to come and rejoice. I want you to come and give God glory. I don't want you to come and act like your mother-in-law just moved in and kissed you right on the cheek. I want you to come and act like you love Jesus and his people. 
Listen, Easter is a wonderful day. It's a day of rejoicing. It's a day of shouting. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. He got up. I am he that liveth and was dead and yet am alive forevermore. They killed me one day. They crucified me one day. But they'll never do it again. Hallelujah. We can learn Wonderful lesson in shouting. We ought to worship God and glorify Him and be happy that He got up. If He did not get up, in, in Corinthians, Brother Meher, the Bible said if He hadn't got up, our preaching would be in vain. Our faith would be in vain. Everything we stand on would be in vain. If He did not get up, we could not get up. But thank God on the third day. Thank God not a minute late, not a minute early. Jesus come out the ground. Three things. Real quickly. I know that was a long introduction. <laughs> but this is going to be a real short message. Amen. Why are we going to share? Let me just give you three reasons. How many of y'all want to hear three reasons why are we going to share? Number one. When they walked into that room. And they looked. Daniel said. You're just a little late. <laughs> He is risen. I'm going to shout this Sunday with everything I got. Let me just say this too. Let me look around. Okay. I kind of got scolded a little bit for getting excited. Not scolded, but just didn't understand why I was loud. And that's okay. That's okay. You're not used to it. I understand that. But I went to a I went to a race. Didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Went to a, a race at Daytona Beach, Florida. It was a NASCAR. It was a Saturday race, by the way. It wasn't on Sunday. It was, it was a Saturday race. And 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 I, and I had to go. My dad made me buy my own ticket. Now that's bad. When you make your child that don't want to go somewhere, buy his own ticket and then make him go. I had to buy my own ticket, and then I had to go, and I had to sit there, and and, uh, and 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 here we are, here we are, and we're sitting there, and I'm mad, and I, I don't, I don't even want to be there, and Dad don't care, and uh, and and I'm sitting here, and 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 and, and anybody y'all feel that way? Say amen. I'm working on that pent up bitterness that I have about that situation. Amen. And I'm sitting there, and we are there, and all of a sudden they say something across the loudspeaker after they pray, after they, they do the national anthem, and they say something. They say something like this here. A, a, a gentleman, start your engine. And something happened. I mean, all of a sudden, a sound like no other sound that I'd ever heard in my life come across that that lower ground, and, and, and we sat right where they come out the pits. I mean, right, and that was before they had a, 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 a speed limit in, in, in the pit. You come out any, any way you want to come out, in the grass, in the pavement, it didn't really matter. And son, them engines fired off, and boy, I could feel it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? If you've ever been to something like that, God help us. I was sitting there, they fired them motors off, and they come around there and, and, and warmed up and warmed up. And when they dropped that green flag, Bubba, I'm here to tell you, son, it was all over me. I heard them interview Elvis Presley one time. They said, why you move like you do? He said, I can't help it. it just, I, I just got to move. I feel it when the music. And I'm telling you what, I was standing there. When them cars come around there, I couldn't help it. I had to move with him. Say amen. Yeah. 
And I hollered and screamed. My man, I was, I was rooting for Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. I mean, I was praying, oh, Bill, do it. And I screamed at the top of my life. The next day, I couldn't even talk. And you know what? It didn't mean a hill of beans. Now, why are you going to do that? How many of y'all Auburn fans in here? Let's say a word of prayer. How many of you Alabama fans in here? Oh, yeah. See? Yeah, that's what I thought. I got a question for you. Why is that the first time you shouted tonight? <laughs> now, you tell me, you tell me, was it Van Tippin? Van Tiffin, Tippin? You know, the guy that kicked the field goal. You shouted for three days after that happened. Are y'all with me? Then how come you come into the church house when the preacher gets up and sweats down to his socks telling you about a Jesus who loves you in the shape that you are in, who did not expect you to get any better than you was, took you just like you was, saved you, and made you a home in heaven, and you want to sit like a knot on a log? Hallelujah. I just had to say that. They came into that room. They came into that grave, and they said, He is risen. What does that represent? That represents a defeated foe. Say that with me, a defeated foe. Say it with me, a defeated foe. He had gone down. He said, I have abolished death. Oh, death, where is thy victory? Oh, grave, where is thy sting? Something like that. Say amen. I think I got it backwards, but it'll work. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2.14, For as much then as they are the children or partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. 2 Timothy 1.10, But now it made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15.26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud said, he was a founder of psychiatry. This is what he said. And finally, there is the painful riddle of death for which no remedy at all has yet been found nor probably ever will be. Somebody should have gave him an old-fashioned King James Bible Amen. that had the book of Romans in it. Somebody should have told him that Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Somebody should have told him that there was a man from Galilee who died on an old rugged tree, and he came, listen, to save your old wretched soul. Amen. I'm shouting, son. I don't care what you do, I'm shouting. I'm shouting because of a defeated foe. A defeated foe. Not only that. Two more things, quickly. Johnny, I'm shouting. Not only because of a defeated foe. But watch this right here. The Bible says in Mark 16. Mark 16 and verse 7. When you get there, say amen. When you get there, say amen. amen. But go your way. Tell his disciples and... What's that mean? It means this. Right before Jesus died. Jesus said, Peter, you better watch out, son. You need to pray. You need to watch and pray. You need to watch and pray, son, because your, your, your spirit your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak, son. You're going to go down. Satan has desired to have thee. He has desired to have thee that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, I want you to strengthen the brethren. Son, you've got to watch out. The devil is at you. And old Peter, just like most of us, arrogant and prideful, he said, oh, no, I won't never. I, I'll die before I ever go. Are you all with me? Amen. 
before the cock crew, he denied three times. I know not the man. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know this man. That third time, the cock crew, he realized what he had done. And the Bible says Jesus and him met eyeball to eyeball. Peter turned around and went out. And the Bible said, wept bitterly. How many of you ever done something real stupid in front of your parents? And about the time you got finished doing it, you looked up and you saw the disappointment in their face. Peter, the last, listen, the last thing Peter saw before Jesus hung on the cross and that he knew that Jesus knew was that he had denied him. All Peter's thinking about. All Peter's thinking about. Man, the last thing Jesus heard from me is I know him not. Man, the last thing Jesus saw, he didn't see somebody faithful. He didn't see somebody strong. He didn't see a great faith. He didn't see any belief. All he saw was I know him not. He died thinking I hate him. He died thinking I disobeyed him. He died. He ain't never going to want to hear from me. The Bible said he went out and wept bitterly. And the word, if you'll study that word, that means to the point you don't even have tears. How many of y'all have ever wept to the point you just couldn't cry anymore? In that grave, <laughs> in that room, and disciples came in there. And he said, listen, I want you to go tell everybody he ain't here. Go tell the rest of the disciples. Hey, and by the way, don't you forget about Peter. <laughs> what are you saying? Jesus knew how Peter was feeling. He knew what was going through his mind. And he said, whatever you do, don't you forget about Peter. Why am I going to shout? Because of a defeated foe. But I'm going to shout because of a displayed forgiveness. How many of you got forgiveness when you didn't deserve it? Yeah. We're forgiven, Pop. We're forgiven. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I don't deserve to stand here. I don't deserve. Why do you think I'm so excited? Why do you think I'm so happy? I ought to be in hell tonight. But God saved me. He changed me. He sanctified me. He anointed me. He called me and commissioned me and placed me here. I got every reason to shout. Amen. I've been forgiven. Every sin, every lie, every stupid thing I ever done, God forgave me. Hallelujah. I remember times when I was going to get a whooping. This was very rare. Not the fact that I was going to get a whooping, that was very frequent. But my mom would look at me. Some of y'all didn't have moms that whoop you, but my mom whooped me just as bad as my dad would. My mom would say, do you want mercy? Oh, mercy, mercy. Oh, Jesus, please have mercy. Dad never said that. I don't know what that was about. And boy, I remember. Do you realize the anticipation of a whooping is worse than the whooping itself? 
They never would just, well, sometimes dad would if he was in the mood. But most of the time, you're going to get it when you get home. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get it. You just wait till you home. You wait till you get home. And, and, and why don't they just deal with it? I mean, just whoop you right there. Get it over with. They make you think about it all the way home. Nine hours of agony for nine seconds of whooping. I think they went to torture school or something. I don't know what that's about. But here you are. You think you're going to get it. I mean, you really think it's coming. It's going to be. I mean, it's, and if you ever had a whooping like I got them, you would understand. I'm not talking about time out. I'm not talking about a little pat here and there. I'm talking about a scourging. Now, I'm telling you. Now, I know y'all laughing. Y'all don't think I'm serious. But I'm telling you, we got what? Sissy, am I telling the truth? You have been witnesses to the beating. Say amen. Mindy's shaking her head. She ain't never had one. She is spoiled. <laughs> Me and Joe got them. I promise you that. That's my sister, by the way. She calls many of them, too. Amen. <laughs> Man, you expecting it? You just know it's coming. I mean, you've done made out your will. You've done called everybody you called, said your goodbyes and everything else. And then Mom says, you want mercy. Do I want mercy? Richard, what are you saying? How many of y'all remember the day you were under such conviction of your sin? You felt like you, you were lower than the fibers of the carpet. And you didn't want to come to God because you knew he knew how sorry you was. And I felt so wicked. I felt so terrible. I knew he knew all about me. The Bible says the same man, John. Hallelujah. I don't mean to be getting into all this, but it's just too good not to stop. Amen. The Bible says in John, in John, John wept because no man was worthy to take the book and open it thereof. In John chapter number 4. And the Bible says, don't weep. Don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And the Bible says John turned to see the lion. And this is what I'm getting at. You came to this altar to be judged. You came and you thought you was going to find a lion, a just and a righteous being. But when the Bible says he turned to see the lion, he saw a lamb that had already been slain. When I came to the altar, I was not judged. I was not punished. I was not severely beaten. I was called and forgiven. He said, I no longer am going to hold this against you. Woman, where are thine accusers? Neither do I condemn. Thee. Go and sin no more. Amen. I walked into that grave. I saw a defeated foe. But I also saw a displayed forgiveness. God has forgiven me. How many of y'all thankful for forgiveness? Amen. Last of all. Last of all. The Bible says when they went in there. Let me read it so I don't mess it up. And by the way, I, I'm, I've been skipping words, and, I, and, and I, I know this, and I'm sorry. I've got to get my glasses. I broke my glasses. My eyes are getting worse. So if I forget words, my Bible's not different than yours. I just can't see it. Say amen. Mark chapter number 16. No, excuse me. Let me get over here. Let me get over here with big letters. Amen. John 20. I'm going to have to borrow your glasses in a minute. Amen. John 20, same situation. 
Same situation. John 20 verse 4 says, So they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter. Talking about John. John was a younger man. He outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he's stooping down, looking in. Looking in. He saw the linen clothes lying, yet went not in. John was showing respect for the elder, which was Peter. Yet he went not in. Now watch this. Look at this next verse. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. Watch verse 7. And the... That was about his head. Not lying with the clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Anybody got an unused handkerchief? I mean a real one. Preacher, you, don't, you ain't lying to me, are you? Amen. All right. All right. Let me borrow that. Is that an unused, Brother Kenneth? I need... Uh, all right. You promise? Amen. <laughs> Brother Doyle, you know how to get a handkerchief to dance? Yes, sir. Blow a little boogie to it. Amen. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Amen. Brother Meherg told me that right before church. I don't know. Amen. All right. They run into the grave. They run into the grave. And there's linen clothes that they would wrap dead bodies in. They would wrap them up, wrap them up, wrap them up, and then they would anoint them with spices, the Bible says. All right? When they came in, the death clothes, say that with me, the death clothes was all thrown in the corner. But the Bible says there was a napkin that they used to place over their face, used to place over their head. That napkin that they would take and they would place over their head the Bible says that it was taken and it was folded up real neatly, placed to the side. Now, why was one wadded up and one folded neatly? Let's talk about the custom of the day. And, then, and we're done. We're done. The third thing I'm going to shout about. The third thing I'm going to shout about. I'm going I'm to shout because of a defeated foe. I'm going to shout because of a displayed forgiveness. But I'm going to shout because of a delightful future. A delightful future. Now when you write that down, I want you to put your pen and your paper up and I want you to look up at me. Real quickly. In that day, most, of you, most everybody in here knows this, so, so just act like you don't know it. Because there's a lot of people that don't. Pop, in that day, when you would partake of a meal... All right, get your stuff out of the way. Go ahead and get it done. Now look up at me. All right, just, just, all right, just, here we go. Give me, give me, get your attention real quickly, real quickly. In that day, in that day, according to custom, according to Jewish custom, in that day when they would partake of a meal, when they partake, and it's not that way with us, I mean, but in that day, they would have servants, they would have people to help with that, serving the meals, taking up the meals. And if you were through, with your meal, if you were through with your meal, you would take your napkin and you would wad it up and you would throw it in the middle of your plate. And what you were saying by that sign, you were saying to the servant, you were saying to them, I am finished. Say that with me. I'm finished. I'm finished. I don't need this any longer. I am finished. I don't need this any longer. Say that with me. I am finished. I don't... 
What was that? The grave clothes. But if business called you away, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If business calls you away and you're not finished, you take your napkin and you fold it real gently, real neatly, real softly, and you set it in the middle of your plate. What that is saying to the servant is don't mess with it. I'll be back. You say, what does that mean? The Bible says when Peter and John run into that room, the napkin that went over the head. Jesus is the head of the church, by the way. Hallelujah. I'm going to suffocate right underneath the handkerchief. The head of the church folded that napkin up. And he said, business is calling me away. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. I don't need the grave clothes. I am he that liveth and was dead, yet am alive forevermore. I came in a manger. I came humbly. I came in a poor old low-down state. I came meek and humble. But the next time I come, I'm coming as King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah to God. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming back. Hallelujah. That's why I'm shouting Sunday. How many of y'all are going to get about 10 people with you that need to see people who are excited about what God has done for them? You say, preacher, I'm going to be down there. That's all right. We're going to do it again that night. Yeah. Just exactly the same way. Just exactly the same way. Sign team's going to do their thing. The choir's going to do their thing. We're going to have a double shot. And we're going to ask God to do this. We're going to ask God to give us a double portion of his blessing that day. I believe Sunday night's going to be just, I tell you what, I'll be honest with you. I think Sunday nights is going to be more exciting than Sunday morning. We're going to have communion that evening. How many of y'all remember communion last year? Was that not the most blessed time you ever? We're going to come out of that and we're going to come and we're going to shout. We're going to rejoice in the Lord. We're going to let them people know. Anybody who comes, whether they're lost, saved, backslidden, hey, there's a defeated foe. God has displayed forgiveness. God, he showed us love and we wasn't even lovable. And I'm here to tell you, he's coming again. There's a delightful future. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much.